Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wellspring Words, the podcast. This is your host, Kem. And I'm really excited to be here with another guest, someone who, like most of my guests, I'm really like very fond of and have like a, a special connection with in my heart. Her name is Desi, and I'll give her some space to introduce herself. Welcome, Desi. Hi. Hello. Uh, my name is Desi, and I um well, oh, where do I even begin? Okay, <laughs> I'm a pole dancer. I'm just a dancer at heart. I've danced for most of my life. Um, I'm also a yogi and a movement instructor. And Kim and I met through an online course that I was offering called Central Somatics that I'll actually get into a bit, I'm sure, in this podcast. But um, I'm not the best at introductions <laughs> of myself, at least. <laughs> I think introductions are kind of hard, to be honest, because like some people like in this space, you probably don't feel comfortable introducing yourself as you would do in like maybe a physical (laughs) networking space where there are like a bunch of executives or something. It's just like, who are you? (laughs) What do you want us to know about you? So Mm. it's definitely more open ended. And uh, yeah, there's no wrong way to introduce yourself, I think. However, it came is the way that it was supposed to come for now. And it's super related Mm. to what we're going to discuss, which is all about sensuality somatics and um the performance of sensuality and sexuality uh like desi said we met in her course sensual somatics exploration it was an introductory course and i actually found desi on instagram because i saw that she was dancing and i was like yes she can get it (laughs) i wanted to just like follow (laughs) i wanted to follow i wanted to follow her journey and like i love to see people dance and and the thing is when you're dancing in your videos and i'm sure of course in real life too it just translates to video um I can feel that you're into it. And that's what energy that I received when I was watching. And that's what made me want to follow you. And then I saw that you had a group and then through the group, um, you had this course and I was like, sounds like something that I'd be really into and um, just a space for me to feel more comfortable in my own, exploring my own sensuality. Cause at the time I was living in Abu Dhabi and it's very, it's much mm. more restrictive there. So even if in my own home, I feel comfortable, I want to feel comfortable walking outside and being and fully embracing my sensuality, however that looks at any moment. So I felt like, let me at least join this community that will, that will kind of support me in the way that they're supporting themselves. So it was, it was all that in a bag of chips for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, right now the group, the group has kind of, um, I've been, I've had to let it go a bit, but yes, that group was just put more context to it. Um, I had started a group around um, the exploration of central somatics, but also like um, menstrual health, because I was really into aligning with my cycle and um, hearing other women's stories about aligning with their cycles and the different complications they had, they had around menstrual health. And um, so it was a bit of a hodgepodge of, of reproductive health meets menstrual health meets sensuality. It was a lot of different things, but it, it did bring some really special women into the space where it was so it was so special to hear everyone's different stories but see them all relate on some level of like oh wow like you've been through that too with your sexuality your sensuality you've been through that as well with your with menstrual complications and all that i'm so glad you found me yeah <laughs> me too me too and it's super related like all of the 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 menstrual health stuff i i had like in my mind somewhere back in the 
the subcon deep subconscious part of my brain. Like I wanted to understand more about my menstrual cycle, my moon cycle, and just like feel more connected to myself in that way. Cause I, I think I knew mm. at some point, like what I'm hearing from this masculine world, this very, um, I don't know, drug oriented, hospital oriented, Western medicine oriented world mm. is not, it's not the only way it's not the way for me. So uh, so yeah, like that, that was a, that was a pleasant surprise for me, but for, for, before we dive into like the depths of this own conversation, can you just explain to those listening who don't know what sensual somatics is, what it is? Yeah. So I kind of came up with that term sensual somatics or like sensual somatic exploration to put, I mean, honestly, just to put a label to what my own movement practice was that I had a lot of women and people over Instagram asking me like what is this that you do teach me and it's I mean it's a combination of you know I I studied yoga for a very long time and I've been a dancer for as long as I can remember so it's it's an embodiment practice but when people started asking me like teach me what is this show me what it is I realized like I actually need to create some sort of a container to actually contain what it is that I'm doing and it's so much more than just the movement that you see me doing um it's it's an embodiment of deep mindfulness in terms of like being fully present in the body feeling your body in space the proprioception of attuning to your body in space and how that looks I mean at least in how I expressed it in this container of sensual somatics it was a an exploration of like what does sensuality actually mean to me when I'm fully embodied and and does that look sometimes like exploring the sensuality of, of touching myself or feeling my body in space or maybe it might mean you know moving my hips a certain way in space that sometimes might look <laughs> very sexy to some people right or or maybe it's just a it's just a weird exploration of undulating movements where I'm tapping into the fluidity of my spine so I guess I could say sensual somatics was you know ultimately it's a label it's something that I just it's words that I put to to try and better frame my experience of my own embodiment practice but it's kind of shaped into a practice of yeah exploring your sensuality through the embodiment of movement and mindfulness at least in my own experience, it's in its infancy <laughs> in terms of um, what I want to do with it and how I want to teach it. But but yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But <laughs> Definitely makes sense. I'm writing down, I like what you said, um, exploring your sensuality through the embodiment of movement and mindfulness, which is exactly what it was when, when I joined the course, like it was definitely mm -hmm. very focused on movement, on mindful, mindful movement, but in a way that I guess some, as you said, would deem sexy and I would deem sexy too. And it really just the mm -hmm. whole, the whole course, I know we, we dug into some really deep journal prompts while we were there and had some deep conversations. And I'm like, let mm -hmm. me not lie to people who are listening because because of the times when I wasn't able to attend most of the live sessions. So I had to watch these things. So I felt like I was having the conversations too with people, but um, I was like watching it mm -hmm. after the fact and having a conversation with myself. But <laughs> nevertheless, the conversations that we were having in there were very, very open-ended and we were able to see just how deeply rooted the um, perversion of sensuality has become. Um, in our own lives, 
And it, it really stuck with me just like seeing it that way, because now the way that I look at myself and my own sensuality and sexuality is, is a bit different because we see as women, typically, unless we're, we come from some, a different kind of upbringing, but usually we see things from a very masculine standpoint as well. So um, for you, how have you been able to, throughout your whole life career of dancing, because yes, you're a pole dancer, but like from what I know of, you've also been a dancer for a long time in many different areas. So from all of that, like all your, your whole history and everything, how have you been able to reconcile your own personal sense of sexuality and sensuality and or how do you distinguish between the two so what comes to mind i so i before i was a pole dancer i danced for pretty big festivals for a long time i would dress up into these you know i would i would embody these crazy carnival sort of like characters in usually very sexy outfits um and I'd be on stage and the movements that I would be doing were like very conventionally sexy right I'm like playing I'm essentially playing a part of a cute sexy go-go dancer-esque sort of character and that for me I mean that I guess that was the first I did that for maybe five years and I I had to force the embodiment of sexuality of how I wanted how I thought others would want to see it as a means of being on stage and putting on a performance. Right. And as much as it became a matter of like becoming good at forcing the performance of sexy, it, it really did actually teach me <laughs> like my capacity to put, to put on that, that sexual sort of like fiery nature that I had in me that I didn't even really know that I had up until that point. And I guess do, doing that for so long, it, it would become as I, I'm sure a lot of other dancers might experience this, but doing it for so long, it didn't really become any more of like, oh, this is actually this sexual fieriness in me that I'm tapping into. It, it ended up becoming like, okay, time to put on this sort of face, time to put on this character. And it wasn't really authentic anymore. It's just something that became like, I could just do it. From that, I had to, I did have to take a step back from, performing in that way um just because it was it was very taxing on my body taxing on my mental health and that's where I moved more into pole dancing and it's very like just like oh like raw sexual energy in the dance of exotic and asking of me like what's the capacity that you have to like really tap into that sexual energy that exists in me naturally but it was just in a different way because it became more like oh, this is like for me and my, like I would be doing it just for me looking at myself in the mirror and I'd watch myself like <laughs> embody this sexualness that I, you know, I knew I had, but I hadn't really tapped into in so long because it had, it, be it became such a, yeah, a job essentially. Like it was literally a job when I was performing back in the day. Mm, yeah, um, that that is really interesting. The transition, I was thinking of the word, the transition from, actually performing to learning how to perform for then for it to become like like the the essence of the performance to be taken away and for it to just truly be like just a performance like a rote performance and then you beginning to kind of perform for yourself yeah. but the essence being a larger part of it now that's that's a really that's beautiful so how do you mm. feel how do you feel nowadays well I haven't I haven't stepped on the stage and performing for so long so I right now with what I do with pole dance 
how I'm taking elements of the sexiness of pole dancing that don't even really require a pole. Um, taking those elements and then sharing them and teaching them to women that may not necessarily ever want to pole. They might not even care about the pole world, you know, but they, but they do see this this sort of fiery raw energy they see it and they recognize it and they're like oh how can I learn that without without having a pole or even getting into that world and that for me is so special to teach and share because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you'll ever pole dance or ever become a dancer or in, in any performance space it doesn't matter to to be a woman and to like tap into that raw sexual sensual energy through our bodies through movement it's such a special feeling and it's it's divine. It's really divine to like feel that and, and tune into that in yourself. So so right now I haven't performed in a while. I miss it dearly with my heart, but I feel quite I feel quite content with with being in a space where I I, I can take all those elements that I've experienced and share them in the way that I do with women and teach them sensuality in you. You have it and it looks unique to you. If I could help you find that and uncover it and embody it in, in your unique way, like that's that's everything to me. But who knows? I might be on a stage sometime soon. I would love to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you will be, you know, maybe you will be, you know, like there's these, <laughs> these waves of life where mm. at some points of your life, you're the, the, the learner, the, some points of life, you're the teacher, at some points of life, you're the performer and you just go back and forth throughout these waves and just mm. like, you know, it's kind of funny. It's not really related to the topic, but just in the metaphor of the thing, like I always thought when someone, someone gets their master's degree in like 1984 and they're considered to be a master of the same thing in 2018, it's like, a lot of things have changed mm. in that topic, I'm sure, unless it's history, in which case <laughs> <laughs> it's historical. But yeah. yeah. So like in that way, we're always learning. We're always developing and redeveloping and accust- uh, what acclimating to whatever the times are calling for in that topic. So I, I could I could definitely see that you'd be on a stage at some point and and then maybe maybe return back to <laughs> teaching later on who knows right yeah right now i'm 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 finding newfound levels of skill in pole in my body that mm. i haven't for some time so that's kind of i'm teaching now but for my own personal pole practice it's amazing it's amazing to feel like a beginner all over again honestly i hope that i never stop feeling that way because it means that like i always learn you know yeah, like there's something that I say to people who express this idea of hoping that that this never happens or that ha- never happens or this never stops or whatever. I'm like, it's never, it's not going to happen because you're so aware of it, even at this point that you won't allow it to happen. You can trust in yourself that you won't allow mm. to, that you won't allow yourself to ever stop learning or ever stop feeling that the bubbliness and the, mm-hmm. the, the excitement of newness because you already have it in your mind that you don't want it to happen. So it's only that you won't, you won't let it happen. I, I know that. You know, I just, that's, that's, that's just what I know from my heart. <laughs> but when it, when it comes to the divinity and dancing sensually, that is something that is a new vocabulary for me in my lexicon. Because mm. I felt, I've always felt when it came to dancing for me personally, it was like another language that I spoke fluently. It was English and it was dancing for me. That's how it felt because mm it just felt so right. It just felt so easy to speak in this language. And 
I think one day I was high. My sister was, I was like looking at, I love watching chore- choreography videos on uh, YouTube. I have for years and my family is probably just like, can we watch something I else, too. please? <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. And there's this, there's this way of like seeing what someone is doing. And then just like, I just keep the moves in my mind without even practicing them. And like, I try to just, I just do them later on. Like, it's just like my body can learn them without me actually practice. Some of them I have to practice, but most of them, if they're simple enough, like I can just kind of add it to my own, my body's lexicon. But anyway, there is like uh, Mm. some choreo that I want to learn and I try learning it. And I'm like, this is not the business because it feels like when someone tells you to say something in another language, but you don't know the meaning of it and you say it and other people are like, "Ooh, ah, yeah, nice. And he's speaking to you in that language, but you have no idea what you just said. Like, that's what it feels. That's what choreography feels like to me. Mm. It feels like I don't, I, there's no meaning behind the moves that I'm doing, but if I'm just free flowing and I'm like, just maybe even, you know, creating my little improvisational choreography, (laughs) which is what I call it that I cannot replicate. So it's basically just improv. Um, it feels like there's tons of meaning behind it and every move, like for that moment, it just means something else and it connects with the lyrics or the, the tune or the bass or like whatever layer in the music that exists. And it feels so right. And that feels divine. That right there feels divine to me. Um, I guess mm. you have the same experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I have the same exact experience and I was actually, I was talking to my partner this morning about, because I'm, I'm later today, I'm actually going to take a, what is it called? Like an intermediate groove hip hop class at this local studio here in Denver. Nice. And as a dancer, it is actually, you would probably not believe it, but it's stepping out of my comfort zone to go take a choreographed class in mm-hmm. person, especially, I mean, just because of the nature of the world right now, things haven't been in person for a long time, but also... I resonate with that so much with what you just said about choreo- other people's choreography. It's yeah. like, it's their expression of themselves through movement, through dance. And then to translate that and to put it into my body and actually understand what they were trying to convey, it is. It's like a gap. It's like a, oh, what? I may have, yeah, I may have replicated it to mm-hmm. a T. Just, I love, I love that. Um, I love the language example that you use. Cause it's like, yeah, you could, you could copy the language exactly. You could prone the accent. You can rehearse it over and over. But if you don't actually know the meaning and then the context of the meaning and the mm. culture of the language as well, I see other people do some sort of choreography. It's so inspiring because it's like, damn, look at their body move like that. And then when I try and do it, it's like, yeah, mechanically I might do it because I can have the awareness of moving my body certain ways, but it doesn't really land So a really big intention of mine for the rest of this year actually is to really push myself, push myself outside of my comfort zone and, and go take these classes and actually put myself out there because your body moves in ways that you had never thought about moving it. That alone of like, whoa, I would never think to pop my chest in this way or shake my hips in this way. And you know, it might not feel authentic at first, but just to have it as a new, just another way, another way of moving your body. I think it's quite special. It's like literally expanding your vocabulary in the sense of when we look at it as a language, maybe you not you might not use those words again. You might not <laughs> put those words into a sentence, but at least you've expanded it. You know, you expanded your vocabulary. I'm quite excited, actually. I'm very excited to take a class tonight. 
I'm excited <laughs> for you. That's really exciting. And I, I think I love how like it's just on the heels of this, of this conversation too. So you can like take this energy into the class and be like, yeah, I'm expanding my vocabulary. Who knows if I'm going to use these words? But when it comes mm. to authenticity, like you mentioned, like it may not feel authentic. And it got me thinking about like feeling authentic when dancing because um, over the past couple of decades, I've moved from this idea of like, you're dancing in order to look good um, to you're dancing in order to feel good. Or instead of you, I should say me, I'm dancing in order to feel good or we are dancing in order to feel good. And that's just sheer age. That has really nothing to do with like that much awareness or anything. I guess yeah. it is. But like, you know, when I'm young, when we were younger, me and my friends, we used to do parking lot parties in the <laughs> in the in the high school that we went to we'd like blast music from our car and just dance in the parking lot. We were the only black people, not the only black people, but like um, very a group of very, very few Black people at our school. And so it was definitely a sight to behold. And we definitely, yeah. like, we we played that archetype of, like, Black people dancing and joyous and always, like, moving and having a good time. Mm. And for then, it was really, it was a performance a lot. But I knew for me, like, yeah, I'm performing. I'm probably performing with such ease and with such comfort because of my Leo son or something like that. And like, it just felt so good to be seen, but I felt good in my body. Mm. So it didn't, unless uh, it, it was only those moments where somebody would come and try to dance with us. It was before the age of like Instagram and all that stuff. So there was none of like taking videos and stuff, but somebody would come and try to dance with us and be all acting stupid. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not what this is about. Either you're going to come and have a good time and look good doing it, or you're, you're not going to be here. But now at almost 28, I'm like, look, however you dance is however you dance. And as long as you feel good, that's the most important thing because dance is, is a conversation between, especially when you're dancing with someone else, it's a conversation between you and other person. And solo, it's a conversation between you mm. and yourself. And like, what do you need to say to yourself? How do you need to move? It's like, now that I'm even really thinking about it, it's like a conversation between your energy and your body. Because we think of the way that energy mm. can just sit in mm. us dormant, like not moving. And the minute we not even dance, but stand up and walk somewhere, we start to feel a little bit better or we raise our arms higher. We don't walk with our arms in the sky. So it's really a different position for our body. And that alone changes the way that our shoulders move in our neck. And then all of a sudden we, you know, when you start to get really into it and you start moving the energy throughout your body, it feels like something is either coming to you or leaving from you. That's how I've experienced it anyway. And so when we come to this idea of authenticity and adding new yes. vocabulary to your body's lexicon, it's like, you know, that you have the capacity to do something, whether or not you choose to do it. And I think um, where we get into a rut a lot of the times with any type of creativity or any type of anything in, in the whole grand scheme of life is that we think that we have to move in just this one very narrow path that if you stray this way or that way, you're going to fail or no one's going to take you seriously or how are you going to profit off of it or how is it going to be sustainable? But you never, it's your choice mm -hmm. at the end. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. But when you're making a choice, what are the options that you can choose from? And the more, when it comes to dancing, the more options that we have to choose from, the better that we feel about the, the capacity to be authentic or the potential to be authentic. Because we know that, hey, I've never done that move before, but hey, I'm just going to throw that in here. And it is authentic because you're adding it to whatever you already do for yourself or whatever you, what, what moves you already have like in place and that, that are kind of like in stone for you. Yeah. You're, you're making me think of this. I wish I could remember the name of this podcast and the person speaking. I can't remember it, but it was all about how the, the movement practice of your choice, it translates directly into like the energy that you actually exude 
in your life entirely. It's not just like, for an example, um, let's say you've never practiced yoga and you start doing yoga. Let's say you're, you're so constantly overwhelmed with the stresses of work and life and relationships and blah, 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 all the things you adopt a yoga practice and depending on what type of yoga it is, but let's just say it's, you know, a gentle sort of flow, that energy of like breathing and flowing through the movements, you, you're slowing down your breathing, that everything that you're experiencing in that hour of movement, it's going to translate with how you carry yourself throughout your day. And it'll start leaving much more of an impact through so many different areas of your life. And that, that really stuck with me because I've experienced that firsthandedly with yoga, like yoga becoming a practice where it actually softened me so much to myself. Like I wasn't so harsh on my body anymore or how I looked at, you know, my weight or all these different like body image issues. Yoga really softened me to that and made me start loving my body a bit more. So it, it actually taught me like, how to flow better with just a fucking nature of life, right? Like I used to be so, I had so much anxiety over the future, flow with just what was happening, like allowing things to just flow. And then this podcast that I can't remember, but they, I remember them speaking about like, if like you, you start weightlifting practice or something really intense, like that, that like strength and that, that fierceness that can come with weightlifting that can also translate and you might see yourself like just bossing up the time that you take to move it fully translates into how you exist in your life at least how much you allow it to right Mm, you just made mm. me think of that (laughs) yeah no that is that is that's really I mean I find that to be true in many ways in my own life too and you got me thinking about the tendency we have as a society to not see everything as connected as part as 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 not even just connected but as mirror as mm. one as one as like mirrors of each other not connected as like this is yeah. this and this is that but they're connected they're two separate things but they're connected no as one the way that like as within so without as above so below you know the yes. way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything it's oh man now I got now I'm thinking about my own habits and stuff like what am I doing <laughs> you know what am I doing that's reflected in other areas that I haven't really come to to be aware of but yeah the movement practice is, is yeah, the same yeah. thing like even in my own yoga practices usually I I try to go for something more more active but I think that that's probably coming from this toxic mentality of always needing to be moving, be productive, be doing something. And we only exist to lose weight basically. (laughs) Um, But that, that's my, that's, that's a demon. That's a demon, some sort of like demon to maybe demon is a hard word, but something to be aware of because when I find myself wanting to go for a very young style flow, and it's not necessary. Like, I know it's not necessary. I just need to question what are other areas in my life am I pushing when it's not necessary to push, when I can just receive and when I could just be. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned it to you either before or now, but yeah. I relocated to Mexico, specifically Puerto Escondido, which is very, it's a yeah. beach town, beach area, very much my my vibe, which I feel even, I thought it would be close to my vibe, but now that I'm here, it kind of felt like I came home when I arrived here because everything just started flowing so easily and so simply and mm. just like without, without, without hesitation. And I real, and then the kind of 
conversations and connections and relationships that I'm developing with people already. And literally it's not even been a week yet, but I just feel so much love and support and care from people. And I realize that it makes me kind of uncomfortable to receive that. So I'm like, it's time for me to just receive. That's the, that's the mission of my time here. However long it's going to be, it's time for me to receive because I've been giving so freaking much for so long. Mm. And, and also when it comes, like, as you mentioned the uh, relationship with your body and how softening yourself in yoga helped you to soften the way that you perceived your body. And I guess, love yourself more, love your physical body more. When I begin to like soften my, my psyche, and allow people in and allow people to just see me and not assume that they're trying to harm me or take advantage of me. Then I begin to see myself as this kind of like softness with strength. And even yesterday I had such an emotional day because I did a sound healing in the morning and like that just opens up a lot of things. Like it just sends you into your subconscious to go for a journey. You come back and you bring some gems with you, but gems that are not always glistening in gold. It's like, they're like covered with something and you have to polish them kind of. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was feeling emotional and I was like, "Let, let me get into my body. Let me move this energy through my body. Let me and so I started doing this yoga flow and, um, um, and then I forgot what I was going to say. That's wonderful. It happens from time to time, <laughs> but I'm telling these stories. I forgot what I was going to say. I think, I think the whole point of what I'm saying is that it's just agreeing with you. It's just agreeing with you that there is a, a deep connection, uh, a deep oneness with like what we choose to do in terms of our physical activity and how we choose to live life in certain areas. Yeah. Movement has become so pigeonholed to like, well, it's an exercise, can exercise. That usually correlates with like, am I trying to lose weight? Am I trying to get fit? Am I trying to look like all the, the images that I see in social media and media in general of what women look like or what men look like? You know, men go through it too, but it's so sad that so much of just any physical movement practice has become about that when really it's like, I mean, even yoga in itself, like you're a yogi, you see it too. Like so many people come to yoga trying to trying to lose weight um, to each their own. But I think there's an, a, like movement and physical, literally returning back to ourselves. It's coming back into our bodies and it can be so nourishing and it can be so deep in, in terms of how it unfolds in the rest of our lives. It's not just going to the gym for 30 minutes and doing these movements that a trainer gave to us because we we think that we're overweight and we need to lose weight like it's fuck it's movement is so much deeper and so much more and I mean bringing it back to dance like dancing itself it's it's a it's just another facet of that it's another it's another tool to like actually come back into our bodies and come back to ourselves and give give ourselves what it is that we might need at any time of our lives, whether that's softening or tapping into a, a fierceness, or maybe it's just play. It's just pure play. And you know, sometimes in life we just need, we need to just find that playfulness and yeah, it'd be so many different things, but mm. it can. And you're talking about like dance as play as well as other things, but it got me thinking about laughter, like, dance can sometimes it's like laughter to me sometimes it's like it comes it feels like it comes from the same place of joy and expression and carefreeness I was gonna say carelessness I'm like that's not the word carefreeness and just 
being comfortable in our skin, it's really sad to see from a new perspective because I was totally deep in the whole perspective and feeling of needing to diet and lose weight. Although for many years, I've been very intentional about not using the word diet and not telling myself I needed to lose weight. Yeah. And that's, that's been helpful. I have to say that's been helpful. That's what's, that's what's kept me on the mild, very, very mild side of that toxic mentality. Um, so I, if anyone is listening mm. and is, is, is find, finding themselves with this recurring thought to have to diet, to lose weight, to be thinner, to be skinnier in order to be beautiful, in order to be accepted or loved, try removing the terms diet and weight loss and all of these things from your mind and maybe mm. just replacing them with um, like being your best version, being healthy, feeling comfortable in your body, feeling like you, you don't feel pain in your body, feeling lighter, you know? Um, and even like toning, toning up yeah. is a, is a tricky one. Cause it's like, yeah, who doesn't want to just tone up things and, and feel a little bit more, I don't <laughs> know, like tone, like, you know, like tighter, like put together. I don't know, but it can also be yeah, that, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> a little bit more snatched. Yeah. A little, bit, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit more snatched. This is one of those terms that, <laughs> that marketing uses like, they just abuse it. They just exploit these terms. And it's like, no, yeah. no. And I feel like pretty soon we're going to get into this place where, where we hear the marketing use less of those dieting terms and more of the, the more holistic terms. So I think everyone just needs to be vigilant about what they're consuming, like in terms of the marketing in the media, that's telling them to look and behave a certain way. And I don't think any marketing these days, it's more, it's mostly subliminal, but it's not going to really say you need to do this in order to be loved. That That is the underlying message. That's the the byproduct of what they're trying to sell, of, of the product they're trying to sell. So it's like really just question. I know we're supposed to be talking about dance, but I just felt the need to <laughs> um, just questioning the, you know. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Questioning what we're, what we're taking in and whether it's actually supporting us and encouraging us to be our, the, the beautiful true selves that, that we are, or if it's trying to make us into something that um, we believe that we're not. So that's that. Yes. And I can attest, I could seriously attest to having lived a lot of my life under the pressures of the patriarchy and societal standards of like what it is to be beautiful in a woman's body. And I mean, I think it's definitely shifting, at least what I see in social media. Um, it, it is absolutely shifting. I don't want to disregard like the beautiful work that so many people are doing around body empowerment and every type of woman, every shape that they are. There are so many women that have a voice now because of social media that are speaking to the truths of being able to just be in their bodies. But with that said, like there is so much work to be done. And even just, I mean, in any public space now, you do see like like, wow, this is shifting because now the images of women modeling the things and even the, uh, what are they called? The mannequins. They even have like different body shapes. They have a woman of color that isn't, you know, isn't extremely thin on this big, big, massive picture that's advertising whatever clothes, you know? And it it's really exciting because it is like, okay, things are shifting. But like subliminally, like you're saying, and deeper in our conscious, I think there's still so much work that needs to be done because of how long we've had to exist as women in this space of being quite, um, we're, we're being forced to believe that like, we're only beautiful if we look a certain way. 
and I, I mean, we've even, we've taken that on from our mothers and, and taken on from their mothers, right? Like it's, it's women have had to exist with that pressure for so long. So even if things are shifting, I think it's still a, a little nice reminder just to be like, well, we still need to do the work. Like subconsciously, we still really need to work on those those aspects of ourselves that, you know, like you're saying, use different language, like the way we speak to ourselves. It really fucking matters because if we're still using language like, oh, I need a diet or using language like, if only I could just lose five pounds. Like if subconsciously we're still speaking to ourselves in that way. Um, mm. yeah. yeah, that was that was powerful. That was really powerful. It takes Thank a you. lot of work. But... Yeah, mm. uh, it does take a lot of work. Mm. And something for me, I know that we're, we're wrapping up soon, but something for me that has been helpful just in the, my perception of things is that my my physical body is only responding to the energy around me and within me it truly is and and i know it sounds like okay kem so if if you want to lose your fupa then what you're just going to like change the energy around your stomach and then it's gonna you're gonna lose it no (laughs) (laughs) that's not what i mean i mean like the energy within me if i have this active energy that i'm trying to um use that energy. I want to, I want to move my body. Like we've been saying for most of this episode, then my, 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 I'm going to use that in dancing and being active and walking around and trying to like, you know, maybe climb a mountain, go swimming. I just want to use this energy. I want to feel the water. I want to feel life. I want to experience things. My body is only responding to that. It's only, it's only creating the best, the best me that will help that will optimize the energy that I have. So you know what I mean? So like, I need to, I need to be agile. I need to be quick. I need to be light because of the energy that I'm producing yes. within and externalizing. So what's conducive to that is a body that's maybe slimmer. That's maybe toned that has more muscles in certain areas that uh, enables me to do these things. So looking at it from like, not an, an emotional standpoint, but on the other end, if I find that I'm carrying more weight on, on myself and around certain areas, that really does tell something about the energy that I'm holding within me and around me. So it's just something to think about. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just another way of looking at it. And I guess if anyone is interested in that, you can you can do a little bit more yeah. studies into energetics and see how uh, how that might work for your body. And I, I know that in the U.S. and like in some countries, but specifically the U.S., there's a major problem with obesity. And that's oh, yeah, that's a major thing. It's not just about our bodies yeah. and our energy. It's about the freaking system that is trying to poison us with everything that we put in our mouths and everything that we breathe. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that one, it makes it extremely yeah. hard. I really know how hard it is because I thought that in Abu Dhabi, it was like, I mean, I was eating out a lot and everything. And I was like, damn, I need to, you know, just like be cooking at home more and this and that. And then I went to the U.S. for a couple of weeks and I was like, wow, wow, temptation, wow, sugar, wow, wow, addictive chemicals and everything. Like, I see why yeah. it's so difficult to stay healthy here. And now in Mexico, it's a, it's a different, yeah. whole different game completely different game it's like very natural very healthy you just feel really good about what you're putting in your body so yeah yeah did you want to add anything else before we wrap up um I guess I would love to just share this one quote that I found recently and I I put it on my Instagram just because it it speaks so deeply to my soul but I would love to just read this quote it's short so the quote is by this amazing she actually just passed name's Anna Halprin and she's an incredible dancer. She's pioneered so many different ways of somatic movement. Movement reaches our deepest nature and dance creatively expresses it. 
And for me, that's like dance, the definition of dance could not be practiced intertwined with my dance as well. Beautiful. And that is by Anna Halperin. Awesome. Thank you so much, Desi, for joining me in this conversation on this podcast. I was when when we first met and when we first started, I guess, working together. I was like, I would love to have from the podcast to talk about some of the some of the topics in your course. And I think that we've done a really good job. I feel very very pleased with what we've been able to discuss today. <laughs> um, if I may be so proud. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, if you would like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Yeah, my Instagram, you could find me at Desi Monique Dance. You could see all my poll stuff there. And it's where Instagram is my jam. It's where I put any sort of course offerings, anything that I'm doing creatively will be up there. But yeah. Awesome. Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes for people to, um, for people to find you. Uh, and if, uh, for those who are listening, if you cool. want to stay in touch with us, you can find us at Wellspring Words on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram at naturallyfree123. And yeah, as, as always, you know, you can send us an email at bewell at wellspringwords.love. You can comment, rate, subscribe. I think that's for YouTube. You can you can rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, until then, we will hope that you have a wonderful and energetic day and hopefully get your body moving. So take care. Bye.